0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. We just came back from one of our captivating retreats, and I had the privilege of Playing a, more of a role in this one than I normally do. But one of the things that I was just absolutely intrigued to watch, Craig, was your wife. Watch Lori. In the context of a group of women, Lori kind of came into this whole captivating retreat thing, kicking and screaming, you know, Mm -hmm. she in the sense of she's like, I'm not a professional speaker. I'm I'm not an upfront women's ministry gal, Mm -mm. you know, and we kept saying, no, no, Lori, like you're super qualified. Just you don't know it just for other reasons. And then to watch women just flock around her, want to be with her. What do you think's going on there?
1: Yeah, John, I think the draw to Lori is not primarily her insight or communication, but I think she's um, just has the heart of a mother and the presence of a mother. I mean, at one point, she was describing uh, um, just I guess sitting in for a time of worship and she had one gal that was just on her lap and just crying over brokenness and wounds for 45 minutes straight and Lori was just had her with her head on her shoulder was just hold her and then her her free arm was on the knee of a woman behind her who was crying and Lori just described the whole time was just Being a mom Mm -hmm. to women. Yes. Wonderful, beautiful women who just have these huge voids
0: and vacuums and need for a mom. Yeah. And I want to say the effect of that is so much more powerful than the slick women's ministry speaker who may have phenomenal gifting up front, may be able to motivate a crowd lay out three clear principles of, you know, how to run a home or what have you. Man, the difference in those two things is the difference we're trying to describe in this leadership series. So welcome back, friends, Mm. to the Ransom Heart podcast. This is actually the sixth in a series on leadership, really, on following, leading the kingdom, the way it operates. And what we were trying to shift to last time was – that the kingdom model of simply of leadership, any kind of leadership, are spiritual fathers and mothers. This is really true to the early church. It resonates with Celtic Christianity as it was unfolding in in the British Isles. It is a far more kingdom model to leadership than, frankly, most of what you would pick up if you went into a Christian bookstore and went to the leadership section. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there about management techniques and time management and how to motivate people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you bet. In those books, there's all kinds of things on servant leadership and caring for your people. The right language is there. But ooh, the spirit of these things is very, very different. So what I want to do today, if we can, I want to try and lay out just some of the qualities. What are you looking for? Either to be one or to find one, what is it that you're looking for? What are the qualities of a spiritual father-mother type leadership versus, frankly, Craig, you and I have both worked with and under some pretty, quote, gifted leaders, you know, Mm -hmm. building big things in the kingdom. But, ooh, you know, there are... (laughs) Oof. Oof. You know, um, good and bad, name some of those qualities.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking on, on my feet here. But, John, one of them is some people offer insight or, as we might call it, tips and techniques, which may be very good insight and good tips and techniques needed and necessary. But I think there's a difference between insight and wisdom, someone who can offer insight and clarity and understanding but the wisdom quality is that it's rooted in god and what he's doing currently and yes. in this moment in time with this person given you know who and
0: what they are yeah that's so good there's a huge difference between a elder with wisdom and a consultant mm-hmm. with insight. know, yeah. We're so drawn to the latter. We're just so wowed by the latest, the greatest, the now, the wow, the you know the while well, we're just naming some yep. qualities here. The question I want to ask Gang is where'd they get the agenda? Hmm. I mean, a leader is leading somewhere. That's important. They're not an aimless, directionless person. We're not talking about kind of a a 1963 Christian commune view of – that's not what we mean by spiritual fathering and mothering. We're all just kind of hanging out, loving one another, and this isn't headed anywhere. You know, Paul's clearly leading, right? Peter, James, John, they're clearly leading the early church, but – just ask, where'd they get the agenda? Whose agenda is this? In other words, do they walk with God? Do they walk with God? What a difference. Oh, my goodness. Versus operating from principles, tips, however good they may be, to do they know God in a personal way? Do we? I mean, it's both what we're looking for and what we want to be. And if there's an agenda, you know, we're going to Start this mission. We're going to open this class. We're going to build this this church. We're going to you know change our school board. Whatever it is, where'd they get the agenda? Yeah, yeah. You know, spiritual father and mother. You, you just clearly sense. Oh, this is this is what God's up to. Yeah. This
1: sounds like I'm blowing my own horn, but I've been working with a local pastor, and one of the stories he tells, I've heard him tell it to others in my presence, is. A couple years ago, he came in with a question as a pastor. He wanted to know, how do I do the four streams in my church? And he figured he had an hour with me because after all, I'm busy. So we sat down and that was his question. How do I do this? And my response, as he reports, was simply, well, whoa, whoa, hold on, Tiger. Let's talk about you. And just Your heart, how are you doing as a pastor? Mm -hmm. Tell me about your vision, four streams. And, I mean, it was months before we even talked about four streams. But the point is the agenda. Is the agenda to help him implement four streams or is God's agenda go after this guy's heart that needs so much support and encouragement yes. and love. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. So that names another then. That speaks to agenda, but that names something that you brought up last week in John chapter 10. And Jesus describes himself, you know, as a leader. Here's how I lead. It's relationally centered. Mm-hmm. And this is big. This is big, 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 because, oh, man, you know, you've got a lot of, quote, Christian leadership going on out there that's just devastating Mm -hmm. relationally. There's a body count in their wake. There's carnage relationally because it's the agenda. We got to get this done. You know, we're building a company, a ministry. We're leading a global effort. But you look at what are they like to relate to? Mm -hmm. Are they even aware of what they are like to relate to and what it feels like to be with them? Mm -hmm. You know, um, offline, we were naming some names, but we won't do that online. But I was just contrasting two, frankly, very well-known Christian pastor leaders. And one of these guys, you know, you're in his presence and you just clearly feel um, bottom line, forget the language being used. This guy is a relational minefield. You're going to step on something and it's going to blow up. And the other guy is actually leading a massive thing but every time I'm with him, I just get the sense of, wow, like, he cares. Like, this is a real human being. Mm-hmm. He is a human being. He cares about me as a human being. They're they're not forsaking relational integrity in order to get something done. Mm-hmm. And I just think, whoa, that's huge. Yeah, yeah.
1: Since we're just throwing some out here, I think a leader, a father, um, a spiritual mentor – His focus is he's offering heart and speaking to the heart, not just the mind. Yeah. Another one that I think you hit on just a little bit there, I think a spiritual father, a leader, is going somewhere, has a big picture, has a vision Mm -hmm. of something big, but it's subordinate to how he gets there. It's just as important as getting there. I think one of our tenets is... Just as big as the mission, or if not bigger, are the relationships and the people. Right. But I think a leader, a father, a mother has a vision for their child, for their young one, for those following that that wants to take them into something large. But that's subordinate to the people.
0: (laughs) Yes. Or at least they're not operating from the ends justify the means. Yes. Right, Because we have a big vision, because we know we got this from God, frankly, there's kind of this attitude of anything goes. Whatever the body count is, whatever this costs us to get there, that's justified by the grandness of the vision. You go, no, the integrity of how you got there is going to deeply shape the effectiveness of that grand vision. I mean, you may have a vision from God, but if you're going about realizing it, in really godless ways, and I'm not talking about drugs, alcohol, affairs, I'm just talking about using and abusing people, finances, personal agendas, self-promotion, all that stuff. You may reach that, quote, vision, but it will be hollow. It won't have the power of God in it. So let me name another thing that I was thinking about on the way in this morning. When you're with a, a godly leader, a spiritual father or mother, you get the sense that issues of personal validation for them, they're just not at stake in this. Or to contrast it, the gifted though broken leader, oh, you just constantly sense their relational style, the way they dress, you know, how hip they are from the platform is frankly all about them. Yes. They're yeah. desperate to be liked, they're desperate to be liked. And I think that's really dangerous. That's really dangerous for a couple of reasons. One, if they're desperate to be liked, if this is a lot about winning the praise of their followers, you know, being adored, if it's about that, it's going to compromise their spiritual leading, their fathering, their mothering. And for one thing, they won't be able to make the hard calls. I'm thinking of an older gentleman That you and I both know that (laughs) has the ability to say really disruptive things, but in such a kind and loving way. And the reason is, bottom line, it's not that he doesn't care what you think about him, because that can be kind of uh, harsh. It's just that he's free from those things. He's not leading from that place, you know, and it allows... It allows a leader to lead and say, gosh, you know, whether it's a personal issue or a group issue or an agenda issue, hey, I hear you, understand why you want to go there. That's actually not a good choice. Here's why, you know, and there isn't the fear of man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Personal agendas make me feel great. Kingdom building.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm getting lit up here because all kinds of things come to mind, John. I mean, I think the world view of a leader is huge. I mean does this father does this mentor does this leader have a a good world view that includes there's an enemy and brokenness or categories I mean this needs to be someone who's rooted in God and understands and sees the world
0: and people and problems and issues like God does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know. Oh, I mean, huge. Because back to this consultant thing that I was referring to earlier. So I'm in this phone call, and the whole thing's kind of breaking down. And I think that was part of why they invited me to be like an advisor into it. But I raised issues of warfare, and you could just hear silence <laughs> on the other end of the line. You know, and I wanted to go. You are the leaders of this thing. And you are not thinking in those categories? Like, that's, that's malpractice. That's leadership malpractice. You can't dismiss basic biblical categories like warfare or like the human heart yes. or intimacy with God, hearing God. You, know, you kind of raise the question, hey, what have you heard from God on this? And you get that glazed sort of silent look back and you go, uh-oh. Whatever else may be going on here, this person's not walking with God, yikes, mm-hmm. run yeah,
1: the other one I'd say is uh, I'll call it the sniff test. yeah, you know, if it uh looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. um what's the fruit of this person's life? Mm-hmm. Is this someone you enjoy being with? I mean is a follower. You have a God-given intuition that is intended to protect you from things you can't see or don't know. I mean, to ask God, is this someone I should submit to, spend time with, let shape or influence me? That's huge. If you're the leader, it's like, are you present, engaged, and really there? But the sniff test is if it doesn't look right, smell right, seem right, and it probably ain't right. And yep. take that to
0: heart. Yes. I love Oswald Chambers says, don't ignore the intuition that God gave you. Yes. That's that's huge. What else comes to mind, Craig, on either the you know the good or the bad side of finding or being a spiritual father, mother, kingdom type leader? For me personally, when I look back at
1: the men and the women who've influenced me most What's remarkable is time spent with them, whether it was over a meal in a home or a cup of coffee at a coffee shop or in some intense moment or casual conversation, it seemed like more times than not, I left my time with this person just yearning for more of God. Mm. You know, I, mm. I didn't walk away going, oh, that was entertaining or Boy, that was helpful, which it may have been both. The mm. difference between spending time with someone who I just felt like I've left a richer person mm. in terms of hungering, yearning, I long for more of God. And I actually would like to be more like that person. They capture something that that strikes me deeply
0: as the kind of man or person I'd like to be. Huge. I mean, there you go. You said you shall know them by their fruit. What's the fruit of being in their presence or going to their seminar or reading their books or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be? This is an interesting category, and it might surprise people at first. But the question I want to ask is, have they suffered mm. and how have they handled their suffering? I don't trust anybody who hasn't suffered, not because their motives are bad, but just because they're naive. A spiritual father and mother, by this point in the journey, by this point where they're now ascending to influence and power and, and leadership over others, um, they've suffered. Hmm. And the suffering has shaped their character in good ways, You know, not the bitterness, cynicism, resignation, betrayal by God stuff but more in the direction of compassion, empathy. And what got me to that question was oh, I actually was thinking of a previous one, and that was another quality that seems to go hand in hand with this is their gifting is always a servant of love, hmm. like love rules. Yes. And so I don't care how brilliant they are. How do they love? I don't care how much training they have. How do they love? Now, you need brilliance. Like, there's a place for training. You know, um, anointing isn't enough, Mm -hmm. okay, but it's irreplaceable. So you you can have really anointed leaders who are a train wreck because they haven't, you know, dealt with their own life and their baggage and that kind of thing. Anointing isn't enough, but it's irreplaceable. And if you don't have anointing, run. Like, you know, they're not God's chosen. But having said that... Have they suffered? What's the suffering done to their character? Are they empathetic, compassionate, tender? And in that same kind of vein, is all of their brilliance, gifting, background, education, experience, is it in the service of love? Yeah. It's so good. And how radically different would this change? Christian Mm -hmm. organizations, Mm -hmm. schools, elder boards – churches, parishes, oh my goodness. And yes, then, of course, then bringing all this into, quote, the world. How would this change companies and school boards and communities? Massive, Mm -hmm. massive. And so I want to end this week just reminding us, God is saying, friends, you need this. Like, this isn't optional. I'm trying to bring my people under spiritual fathers and mothers. We need this. We need to find it. And we need to be it. Whatever kingdom, quote, God's given us, this is what's needed. This would heal so much of the fragmentation of the people of God. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart podcast, John Eldridge and Craig McConnell. This was our sixth installment on a series on leadership. But as always, we invite you to come to the Ransomed Heart website for more on our podcast, our blogs, our live events, our resources. There's just a whole treasure chest of things for your life with God. So come and join us at ransomedheart.com.